I'm joined now by RNZ business reporter Anan Zaki. Tēnākui, Anan. How much is the Commerce Commission expecting from merchants? Kia ora, Charlotte. Well, the Commerce Commission is expecting merchants to pass on an estimated $105 million a year in savings on the MasterCard and Visa card fees charged to consumers. Regulations capping the interchange fees on contactless and credit cards were introduced last November and were initially expected to deliver savings of $74 million. Commission Chair John Small says the 40% increase in anticipated savings should eventually flow through to consumers or it will consider further regulation. We do have a way of monitoring it, but it's not ideal. We've written to a bunch of large merchants that we thought were a bit out of line and engaged with them directly, but we're also really just appealing for the vast number of businesses, be they small or large or medium-sized, to do the right thing and uh, pass on these savings in the form of lower surcharges. We have got the power to regulate uh, if necessary. We don't think that's necessary yet. We haven't really decided that's necessary, but... If it turns out to be that that's the only way, then we'll do that. John Small says payment providers also need to make information on their fees clear and transparent so businesses could make informed decisions about which provider and plan is right for them. A government economist says rents will play a bigger part in consumer price inflation as the number of renters grows. Research from the Housing Technical Working Group shows the share of households paying rent increased from about 23% in 1991 to 32% in 2018. The working group comprises the Ministry of Housing and Urban Development, the Reserve Bank and the Treasury. Treasury Chief Economist Dominic Stevens says rents currently account for about 10% of the consumer price index. If the proportion of renters in the population grows, then yes, um, rents would become a more important part of CPI. I do note actually that rents are a relatively low volatility aspect of inflation. So the ups and downs in inflation are really are driven by fuel prices, food, um, that type of thing. Rents have been more stable over the decades actually. They've risen faster than general inflation uh, at about the same rate as incomes over 20 years. That's Treasury Chief Economist Dominic Stevens. Businesses making workers redundant during a recession and doing it badly may face a consumer backlash, according to a survey just released. The study done for communications firm Anthem shows 67% say it's not fair to lay off workers in a recession and nearly half would back pay cuts than job losses. More than a third say they would likely stop spending with a business which had significant layoffs and nearly half said they would have less trust in a firm with a track record of laying off staff in tougher times. Anthem Chief Executive Carolyn Kerr says even in tougher times, reputation matters. We do have a long memories and we remember how people are treated in bad times and so sometimes there's an opportunity for organisations to actually enhance their reputation by undertaking critical business decisions like this through what we call a fairness lens. You know, So are they making the decisions that are seen as fair and necessary, but in a way that's honest and transparent? Among the other findings in the survey included strong support for better protection for migrant workers and tougher penalties for employers exploiting them. 
And the, and the survey showed widespread belief that the consultation process for redundancies was largely window dressing and a box ticking exercise to justify predetermined decisions. Carolyn Kerr says that level of scepticism was a surprise and businesses need to take it seriously. I think that businesses need to consider that consultation period as a critical opportunity for finding solutions that you don't necessarily need to jump to redundancies as your only option and that they should approach that consultation in the spirit of of learning and perhaps sometimes your employees are the ones that can actually spot improvements um, to the bottom line that you perhaps can't. That's Carolyn Kerr of communications firm Anthem. The life insurance industry would be strongly tested but would cope with a period of extreme economic stress and a resurgence of the COVID pandemic. That's the conclusion of the Reserve Bank's first stress testing of the five largest life insurance companies. The exercise assessed the financial strength of the sector to pay claims at a time of weak growth, high unemployment, rising interest rates, falling house prices, rising claims and a return of COVID. Deputy Governor Christian Hawkesby says the results are reassuring, with the companies able to cover claims and still maintain the required levels of solvency. However, the testing showed the most pressure came from higher claims, consumers letting policies lapse and a fall in new business. That resulted in the cutting of costs and commissions, increased premiums and a change in reinsurance arrangements. Commercial property managers could benefit from switching to more sustainable practices, such as installing LED lights and electric vehicle chargers, as tenants become increasingly eco-conscious. The unlisted property fund manager PMG Funds says they've averted almost 200 tonnes of recyclable waste at its 47 properties in the past year by making such changes. The company, which has 165 tenants nationwide, is also installing solar panels at its rentals, offering cheaper energy to tenants. Chief Executive Scott McKenzie says sustainable buildings are becoming more important to would-be renters. If it makes sense economically, it saves and be more efficient around how we use and deploy resources within our portfolio. Ultimately, that's good for our tenants, our customers, and good for the environment as well. And so from a perspective of sustainability, measuring and monitoring our energy usage, our water usage um, across the portfolio is a first step in setting some goals around that. Scott McKenzie says the property sector contributes about 20% of the country's pollution and with most commercial property owned privately or by unlisted fund managers, the onus is on them to make the changes. Well, time now for an update from the financial markets and we're joined by Andrew Cathy of Craig's Investment Partners. Good afternoon to you, Andrew. Good afternoon, Anand. Well, it was a positive uh, night overnight on Wall Street. How are we looking here? Yes, well, New Zealand's not really following through with what happened in the US overnight. Our market's still pretty pretty quiet. It's down 11 points at 11,923. No real uh, movers either way today, but looking at some of our key companies, Auckland Air puts up one at $8.31. Chorus down five at $8.46.5. Contacts unchanged at $8.35. EBOS up a couple of cents at 37 Fetcher Building up three cents at five sixty four. Fisher and Paykel Healthcare down thirteen cents at twenty three ninety four. Main Freight's up four cents at sixty eight dollars thirty. Meridian Energy unchanged at five forty nine. 
Port of Tarong is down three cents at six ten. Ryman Healthcare off three cents at six dollars seventy. Spark is unchanged at five dollars eighteen, and Somerset's up twelve cents at ten dollars twenty four. All waiting for the earnings season to kick in. By the sounds of it, uh, how's it looking in Australia? Look, they're having a better day. The ASX 200 is up 30 points or 0.4 of a percent at 7,339. ANZ Bank's up 1% at $25.56. BHP up 15 cents at $45.71. Commonwealth Bank of Australia's up 32 cents at $102.18. CSL up 33 cents, $262.48. NAB, their shares are up 16 cents at $28.12. Rio Tinto is also up ten cents at one hundred and fourteen dollars and five cents. Westpac Bank's up twelve cents at twenty one dollars ninety four, and Zero up a dollar twenty one at one hundred and two hundred and twenty two dollars and one cent. Okay, that takes us to the New Zealand dollar and interest rates, oil and gold. New Zealand dollar's having a better day. Uh, it is weaker, however, against the US dollar at sixty one point oh three. Up against Australia at 92.89, against sterling with 47.76, against the euro 55.49, and against the yen we're 87.07. And interest rates, oil and gold. The 90 day bank bill unchanged from yesterday at 5.655%. 10 year interest rates are up a little bit at 4.70%. Brent crude is up about half a percent at $85.73 US a barrel and gold trading at $1,935 an ounce. Thank you, Andrew. That's Andrew Cathy of Craig's Investment Partners. Uh, just enough time to tell you that the Millennium and Copthorne Hotel Group's half-year profit has more than halved to $6.2 million as it continues its recovery from COVID disruptions. Main reason for the drop was a sharp fall in the returns from its associated property subsidiary, CDL Investments, which had previously been boosted by land sales. More numbers and business news for you around half past five in Checkpoint. But for now, Charlotte, that's business. Kia ora.